is the Loving Liberty Network. We are so happy to have you join us today. I hope you're having a beautiful day. This is the Liberty Mom Show. This is Delane England, your host today. Liberty Moms are the original secretaries of defense, the real defenders of the home front. We are there when it comes to defending our families and our communities. We're so happy to have you be with us today, and we are going to be talking about the election, because you may have noticed that it is coming up very soon. And we are going to be talking about some of the issues that are definitely facing Utah right now, that many of the same issues that we're having in Utah are being happening across our nation. So we're going to start with, in the state of Utah, we have quite a number of amendments, constitutional amendments, that are on our ballot. And a lot of people, there's a lot of research to be done. There's a lot of questioning on the the amendments. I believe there's eight of them. And so what we want to do is just give people a little bit of a perspective and some ideas and ways to think this through and some background information about the amendments. Now, we have an excellent website, a very nice voter guide that has arguments for, arguments against, and then counters to that on many of the amendments. You don't always get the full perspective. Okay. We're going to start with, I'm going to actually start with um, some quotes because I think that our founding fathers I absolutely think they were amazing people and they were filled with wisdom. Do I think they were perfect? No, I do not think they were perfect. I do not think they were flawless. They were not, but they were enlightened and they were learning and they did sacrifice so much and they spent so much of their time and their resources, their fortunes, their lives, and definitely their sacred honors to do what they could to provide liberty for not just themselves and their own families, but for us, for all these generations that we have enjoyed living in such a great nation, the greatest nation with more liberties, more prosperity than any other nation. I would love to welcome our co-host, Pamela Smith. Welcome, Pamela. Oh, thank you so much. It's so good to be here with you today, Delane. Oh, I've missed you. It's wonderful to be with you. I'm just going to read a couple of quotes. This is a quote from Thomas Jefferson. I love this quote. I think you will too. The two enemies of the people are criminals and government. So let us tie the second, that's the government, down with the change of the Constitution so the second will not become the legalized version of the first. Isn't that a great quote? That is very excellent. And that explains exactly what the Constitution was supposed to do. bind with chains the constitution bound the government with chains 
so that the government only could do so many things, which is amongst the only real, real power of the government is to protect our rights and our liberties. And to be a servant so, of the people. Absolutely. The yes. So, very, very well said. Yes. All right. This is a quote from Alexis de Tocqueville. When the taste for physical gratifications among them have grown more rapidly than their education. So would you say that that's true now, Pamela? Absolutely. Well, the thing about it is we are very, uh, we ha are being taught a lot of facts, but we, we have not been taught how to reason and to think for ourselves. We, we keep being taught what to think, but not how to think. And that is a great disservice we are doing to ourselves and our posterity because well without the ability to think, I think that stems, I've, I've heard um, a few experts speak about that and maybe part of the reason. And I come, I, I would agree. They've done studies and they found that um, when you are not taught a strong base in mathematics, that it's not just about adding, subtracting, calculating, calculus, but actually there's a part of your brain that develops. And when you were doing those kind of um, clear-cut exercises with your brain, and if you are not able to learn mathematics in your youth, when you become an adult, you do not have the ability to critically think. And so as yes, you see the math course fail, you see reasoning fail because the critical thinking development has failed. And I really believe that is um, a key component of a lot of our societal problems because what happens when you cannot critically think is you can be shown the facts, you can be shown everything, the factual evidences, and if those are not, but, but then you spin another story with emotion people will tend to go with the emotional side versus the factual side even though they are shown concrete evidence of the the truth of it and so i really believe that that's um one of the societal problems is we have seen a great decline in the math teaching and scoring of our our gen for the last few generations and you are seeing the <laughs> the decline of critical thinking and just logic anymore in our society. Tragic. Yeah, that is exactly right. Because when, when I was taking math in school, I don't really remember that much. And I don't use all the math. And I felt like it was a waste of time. Not till I became an educator myself did I realize the value of learning math. And it's not that you're probably going to remember it. It's that it develops your brain in problem solving and critical thinking, which is essential to making decisions. And you're right, Pamela, what we see is a lot of people making decisions, life-altering decisions based on emotions rather than based on facts. And as you said, even when people are presented true facts, they, they don't change their mind because they're so connected and tied to their emotions. And we're going to get in that when we talk about um, the election, the federal election with the president. But I would like to finish this uh, quote from Alexis de Tocqueville. When the taste for physical gratifications among them has grown more rapidly than their education, the time will come when men are carried away and lose all self-restraint 
It is not necessary to do violence to such a people in order to strip them of the rights they enjoy. They themselves willingly loosen their hold. They neglect their chief business, which is to remain their own masters. I think Alex de Tocqueville is so brilliant. He really nailed that, didn't he? He just really tied that up. And and you can see that playing it out in our day where we really don't have self-restraint. People get totally emotional. They wig out and they just do just amazing things that they would not do otherwise, but they're so consumed and controlled by their emotions and they lose all self-restraint. So, well, um, it's so true. It's so true. And so, you know, it's, it's, I think what we need to really, when we're looking at any of the voting that we're doing, we need to be really careful not to, even in the name of good, something good, impose something that is forceful, that takes away the, the right to choose for the individual. And, um, because as you know, that Henry Grady Weaver, I, I have shared this quote many times, but most of the major ills of the world have been caused by well many people who ignored the, the principle of individual freedom, except as applied to themselves and at the time of the moment, you know, the emotional moment. And they were obsessed with the fanatical zeal to improve the lot of mankind in the mass. So when you're trying to say this is for the betterment of everybody, even though it sounds really good and you're on that right side, it might not be in your in your best interest if you fall on the wrong side next time. So it well, says, Henry said it was the harm done by ordinary criminals, murders, gangsters, and thieves is negligible in comparison with the agony inflicted on on upon human beings by professional do-gooders who will well we know know, that's true yeah that's true and we know governments have done more damage and destruction to people than your robbers and your murderers and your burglars because they don't have the mass ability to do it and and more more devastation has come by governments and that what you said is exactly what what hitler said it will be for your safety it will be for your good this will do this for you Chairman yes. Mao, this is going to be for you. This will be for your own greater good. Yes. And that is literally a tool of Satan that uses that you need to give up your liberties for the greater Absolutely. good. And, so and while we're, we're on coming that. Up on a, we're coming up on a break. So hold your thought and we'll be right back with you and continue the discussion. Great. Thanks, Pamela. Facebook recently announced an update to Instagram DMs by introducing a new Messenger experience in the app. More than a billion people already use Messenger. They are bringing some of the best Messenger features to Instagram. I'm Adam Mosseri. I'm the head of Instagram. I'm excited to talk to you today about some of the new messaging features we've got coming out. One of the features I'm most excited about is the fact that people are going to be able to message across apps. So you're going to be able to message your friends on Facebook from Instagram and vice versa. Now, this isn't going to change who you can message or who you can message you. You're still in complete control of both of those things. In fact, we've even built some new controls that are more granular that allow you to decide who exactly can message you. But you'll be able to manage your messages from one app should you so 
choose. And we think that's critically important. And we also think it's critically important that people have control over their experience. For more information, please visit the Facebook newsroom at about.fb.com slash news. You've heard me talking about my pillow for three years, folks. It's the truth. I get the best sleep of my life with a my pillow. You can do it too. 60 day money back guarantee, 10 year warranty made in the USA. You'll sleep well or you'll get your money back. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener special, use my promo code USA, get two my pillow premium pillows for the price of one, or call 1 800 951 8175. Get the best sleep of your life and do it now. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. When I first switched over, because I stopped taking the other supplements I was taking and switched over all the way to Balance of Nature, I really noticed a huge difference. It was amazing. Like better sleep, better attention, better energy. It was just really, really great. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code USA. When thinking about life insurance, my accident reinforced you never know what tomorrow might bring. That's why I reached out to AccuQuote. AccuQuote helps people find a life insurance policy that meets their needs. Since 1986, they've helped millions of folks save up to 60% on their life insurance by comparing the rates and features of dozens of top-rated life insurance products. A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half a million dollars of 10-year level term for less than 45 bucks a month. A 60-year-old under 120 bucks a month. Longer or permanent terms are available. Even if you already own life insurance, you really need to check out my friends at AccuQuote. Don't worry about health issues. Remember, they help me. As a pastor, I'm concerned about your soul and helping you to make sure your family is taken care of. Life insurance is more affordable now than ever, so don't make them wish you'd made that call. 877-437-4781. Call now, 877-437-4781. 877-437-4781. policy points and availability vary by state. Welcome back. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. You are listening to the Loving Liberty Network. This is the Liberty Mom Show. This is Delaine England. I'm on with our my co-host. Pamela. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Pamela. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. So while we're talking about this, we're going to be start, we're going to be talking about the amendments to the Utah Constitution that are being proposed on our ballot. But before we do that, I really have had this come up so many times this week. I really feel a need to address this because we across, not just across the state of Utah and not just across the nation of America, this is a worldwide issue, but especially in America where we value our liberties, we value our rights. And I want to just make people aware, in case they're not aware, that during the time of the Constitution, when the founders created the Constitution, we in America were actually going through a smallpox epidemic. And that is a, that's something that was facing the founders at the time. And yet when they created the Constitution, they did not put a clause in there that these rights only apply when there's not a, an epidemic or a crisis. And so we, there's no hold clause in the Constitution for, for crises or for pandemics. In fact, that is very much one of the reasons for binding that constitution down with chains to protect people in all times. And the principles in the constitution, constitution work always for everyone at all times. That's what's so great about 
principles. You don't wake up one morning and say, gosh, dang, what happened to gravity? It's not working today. It's just like not really, not really working because principles, natural law, it works all the time. You can count on it working every time. That's what you were talking about. When we get into emotions, then we get off on, we lose that foundation of natural law sometimes when we get wrapped up in emotion. But well, and when this we is let something I think is... Oh, I'm sorry. Go right ahead, when, when we let another, uh, an agency, a government agency, take something from us in, in, um, to help save us, we are actually surrendering what was ours to begin with. So have you ever heard of Adrian Rogers? He's, he's a great, he has some great um, quotes, but one of them says the government can never give, cannot give to anybody anything that the government does not first take from somebody else. And so when you do, when you think about that, we are really allowing some of these things to happen in Utah. It's alarming to see it happening so fast, almost faster than many of, the other states in the nation that you would never have thought would yeah. uh, we would come before, but we are allowing with the the threat or the fear of a pandemic, we are just handing over our rights right and left. We are surrendering what we should not surrender. Right, and once surrendered, it's very hard to get your rights back. Absolutely. So I'm I'm having people say, but Delane the job of the government is to protect my life. And so it's okay to mask people and to force vaccinations on people because isn't it the job of the government to protect me? And if you do that, then my life will be protected. And so I want to just talk about that for a minute because there isn't a clause in the constitution that says we're going to avoid these, we're going to put them on hold. And you think about the American way we don't put someone in jail because they might have committed a crime. We don't arrest someone because, well, they could, they could go out and commit a crime. We don't house arrest them even. We, our whole entire system is, as a republic, is set on having your rights protected and the only way that you can be arrested is if there is probable cause. There must be evidence that you have committed a crime. So it doesn't have to be absolute proof, but there must be evidence against you. And such as with this quote-unquote pandemic, people are being forced to wear a mask when they have no symptoms, no evidence, they feel fine, they don't have a temperature, and their liberty of being able to go out and to function to own their business, to, to shop, to go amongst places, to go out in public when there is no evidence that you are a risk to anyone. Now, of course, if I, if I know that I have COVID and I spit on someone, I give the saliva to them with the intention of making them sick, that is already against the law. We, don't, we have laws to protect against that because then my right is violating someone else's right. So. I can't spit on somebody intentionally trying to give them a sickness. And if I have COVID and I know that I do, then that is a very different thing. Although, again, I would have to have some proof that I do and some proof that I am contagious, some proof that I am going to put someone at risk before you can give me any consequences or any 
punishments, basically. And so, yes, you have a right to your life and your liberty, but that right to ends where my right to my life and my liberty begins. So this is how we live in a free society, and this is how the magic of a republic versus a democracy is that every single person, every individual rights are protected. We're not talking about the rights of the masses as you are in a democracy. It's about the masses. It's about the majority. In a republic, individuals have rights, not just masses. So each individual's rights are protected against the majority of people. And there must be evidence that you are risking someone else's life. Absolutely. And as we move into the amendments, I think it's really important that when you are making a change to a document, you there are so many amendments to the state constitution. I think that's alarming. Um, but I think people are more likely to say, oh, yeah, let's do another change. So I think we need to be really careful because we don't want to change our constitution, um, even though it sounds good, unless it is essential. And so- I agree, unless it's a definitely an improvement and necessary. And, and in, our, in our Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson put in there, indeed, governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. So we don't want to make changes to our Utah Constitution or our national constitution for light or transient causes. It needs to be a real needed, legitimate case. And so that will bring us to Amendment A. Now, Amendment A is basically saying, and I am not going to read the whole thing because of time constraints, but the intent of of A is to um, change the wording where it says men. Now, all through time, when, uh, when you put in books, when you put in contracts and documents, the word men is meaning mankind. It does not mean men or women. It's not a gender. It's, a, it's actually a gender neutral word. It's not referring to men, the gender men. It's referring, or the sex of men, it's referring to mankind. And so I personally feel that we do not need to make an adjustment and change it to persons because person, son is a male gender, a male sexed word. And so I think it would be not very many years before we'd be back changing again when we're just worrying about political correctness. So I would advise people, my personal opinion is we do not need to make this change. We don't, there's no real need for it. We all understand that man is mankind. And if we do that in our constitution, like where is it ever going to end? We're going to go and change every single law, every place in our constitution and every book everything ever written? Are we going to scrap it? I just think it, it, things just get out of hand. And I personally think it's unnecessary. And so I don't really see a, a need to change it. I hope it won't pass. What's your view on that, Pamela? I, I, I completely concur with that. I, I, you know, gender is not needing to be redefined. It's needing to be reined in. So, um, and, and exactly. follow the biblical, yeah. the biblical definition. So we've That's got to law. We're going on to another break. We're going to have to breeze through the next amendment. So just stay with us and we'll start with Amendment B after the short break.
Welcome back. You are listening to the Loving Liberty Network. This is the Liberty Mom Show. My name's Delaine England. I'm with Pam with Pamela, Pamela Smith. Smith, my co-host. Sorry, Pamela, I didn't want to speak over you. I just want to remind you, Liberty Moms are the original secretaries of defense, the real defenders of the home front. We are there when it comes to defending our families and our communities, and we are loving being Liberty Moms. Thank you for being with us, Liberty Mom Pamela. So we're going to move on. As we said, we're going to move on to Amendment B, which Amendment B is, I, I did a lot of research. When I first read Amendment B, it is about changing our Constitution to make a requirement that when someone is eligible for office to be a senator or representative or when they get an appointment, at what point do they have to be eligible, which means like be 25 years old, be a citizen of the, yeah, of the state. Um, for, you know, and, and they have to be a United States citizen. And so these requirements, um, at what point? Now, the reason that this came up is I contacted the sponsor of this bill because I thought, oh, I just think it's kind of silly and I, I just, it just seems like overkill. So I contacted the sponsor of the bill and I asked him what brought this up. And he said, in Davis County, which is actually my county, a couple of years ago, we had someone that was not 25 when they filed, but they would be 25 by the time the election. And they went to sign up to run. And then the advice they were given at the county was flawed advice. They were given bad advice that they were not allowed and not qualified to, um, to run for office. And so he said they, they've asked, because can you imagine if each county was giving different advice. One county is saying, as long as you're 25 by the time the election, another county is saying, as long as you're 20, you have to be 25 by the time you file, um, this would be very problematic and would cause serious problems throughout our state. We need to have it clear and concise. And of course, we can do it by law. They could just pass a law, but they felt like we need to put it in the constitution so that it is consistent through all counties and it's clear and we've made it you know, very understandable. So I, based on that conversation, I decided to change my vote to yes, because I feel like something like that about the, uh, the candidates um, availability or worthiness of being able to run an election should be consistent throughout the counties and should be clear and concise. So it's not my favorite language. I, I actually think it could be written a lot better. So did the sponsor of the bill, but it is what it is. So Pamela, what's your take on that? You know, I, I hate to make a change. I really do. But um, if, if it stands to reason that if they have to be 20, at least 25 years old, it would stand to reason that it would be when they took office, not prior to. So can we not just leave it the same and send out the memo that, that clarifies that it has to be instead of making the change so that you could just send it out to all of them statewide and they're responsible for that to say, you know what, here is the dead, here is the bottom line. When they take office, they must be 25, at least 25 years old, which it's already stating they have to be. So I, I hate to make that change. I just think it needs to go out in a memo to the, to the offices in throughout the state, the city and um, county offices so that they can, be on the same page, you know, all of them. That's my opinion. I think, I think it would actually have to be more than a memo because a memo, people don't always see them. You have so much turnover 
you have a new person in the county, they're not going to be reading old memos. So it would need to be in code. It would need to be in statute because they don't read old memos, but they do read statute. When they, when they take an it, oath, they... It, do you know what it says on the original? It, it doesn't say anything at all. It doesn't address it at all. It's completely left out of the Constitution. It doesn't Except even that say anything. Except they have to be 25 years old? Well, the national constitution says they have to be 25 years old. Our state constitution says they have to be 25, but it doesn't say when they have to be 25 or any of the other requirements. It doesn't say at what point they have to live in the state of Utah for six months or how long they have to be at what point. So it's, it's not clear at what point they have to be eligible. So they felt like what they could do a law and that would actually work, but they wanted to put it in the constitution so that as you know, laws can be changed quickly and easily, and they wanted it to be consistent and just put it in there so that it would be in our Constitution so that it wouldn't really be messed with. And, and I agree with you, a law would actually probably be sufficient for this, but they wanted to make it clear in our Constitution. Okay. So, you know, that gives people some great perspective, I think. Because I really don't like the idea of changing the Constitution unless necessary. But if we don't make this constitutional change, we definitely do need to make a law so that it is in code, it's in Utah code, and then everyone who, as the years pass, as different times come, that um, people that hold these offices and people go to look it up, it's in code and everyone knows about it. So... Okay, so let's talk about Amendment C. If we are talking about, it's another constitutional amendment, um, should we remove the language that allows slavery and involuntary servitude as punishment for a crime? I thought that when um, you are serving in prison that you actually do work that is for the community. I thought that's that's true, but it's, that is a great point, Pamela, because a lot of people have been questioning that. Now, I've read this bill so many times. I can't tell you upside down every way, but it is very clear in this amendment and in the language that this does not impact our judicial system whatsoever. But in our judicial system, we don't actually make people work for involuntary servitude. The work program is a privilege. It's not even given to everyone. You have to be on a waiting line. And we actually do pay people, I believe, 65 cents an hour when they work. When they're on the work program in prison they or in jail, they get a small compensation. And that way, it is not involuntary servitude. And that is to make it um, something that inmates want to do. They want to work and they want to um, create value. And, and there's a waiting list for that, and that helps them to help pay some of their fines and some of their fees and buy food in prison if they want to. And so this would have no impact on it whatsoever because we don't engage in any involuntary servitude. And, of course, we don't and would never want to engage in any slavery. And involuntary servitude really is another form of slavery. And even with our inmates, we don't hold them as slaves. We hold them as, and we want the system to be not just putting, penalizing people. We also want it to be 
reforming people. We want it to be a reformation program so that people reform, they come out of prison or jail and they know how to create value and hopefully they want to. So we have a lot of programs to help change that mentality. So I'm, I'd, I did a yes vote on this because I don't really, I think it's way past time that we put in our constitution language that says we do not agree or have any, we want to be as arm's length away. We don't want any slavery or any involuntary servitude in our constitution. So I think that this is long past due. So I'm, I'm 100% in favor of amendment. I'm ready to move to, um, we're going to probably disagree the hardest on this one because, because I'm a definite okay. no on D. Um, I used to be a definite no on D as well. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm, well, I'm super, I'm yeah. super interested in hearing your feedback on D because that it is when it comes to water rights, water rights are just Probably. like air rights. Like we need air to survive. No, even though no. some people think we water, don't. Water is considered a property and property is. as, as an owner of a water company of, well, our family, um, this is exactly, we have a group of individuals that are seeking to uh, not just buy our water company, but to steal it. And so this is opening the door for them to do this. And I, I totally have a different opinion of that. So I, I, I'm not in support of it, but we're coming up on okay. a break. So I wonder if we, we should are. get into discussion. And we after. want to have a good discussion on this because water rights are essential to life. Absolutely. You, we cannot live just like breathing air. Although some people don't know how essential breathing air is. They're wearing a mask all over the place. But um, air is actually essential to the, your brain and to your lungs and to your body and your health. And so is water. You cannot live very long without but water. If you, it is, but if you give a government entity the opportunity to control your water that's on your land, you gave them full control of your property. And I so agree with that you. is a very dangerous thing. Okay, so, so let's, let's we're going to come back. We're, yeah, we'll come back in just a minute and we're going to have a great discussion about water rights. Please. We all have health goals, but let's face it, you are living in some fantasy world if you think you are suddenly about to start eating better. In fact, have you thought of this? How many different servings of fruit have you eaten today? How many servings of vegetables? And sorry dad, french fries and ketchup don't count. The experts recommend eating over 10 servings of fruits and vegetables each day. That's where Balance of Nature comes in. With three fruit and three veggie capsules, Balance of Nature gives you all your daily recommended servings and contains 31 different fruits and vegetables. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of fruits and veggies. Change your life now by calling 800-2468-751. That's 800-2468-751. 
or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. Do you think some of the top investors in the world are buying gold? Recently, a handful of billionaires have been accumulating gold over other forms of investments. When the world's financial moguls like Sam Zell begin choosing metals, perhaps it's time you listen and follow suit with your own personal investments. Gold is formally recognized as a hedge against currency depreciation and inflation. Take David Einhorn as one example. Einhorn founded Greenlight Capital in 1996 and surged that fund from $900,000 to as high as $11 billion. Einhorn believes that the central bank's recent stimulus efforts will have an effect on pushing up the value of gold. He keeps 10% of his firm's value stored in gold bullion. If you're interested in knowing more about gold, platinum, and palladium, call Noble Gold for a no-pressure consultation. They have the most experienced representatives and an exclusive pipeline to metal sources. Visit them at noblegoldinvestments.com. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. When thinking about life insurance, my accident reinforced you never know what tomorrow might bring. That's why I reached out to AccuQuote. AccuQuote helps people find a life insurance policy that meets their needs. Since 1986, they've helped millions of folks save up to 60% on their life insurance by comparing the rates and features of dozens of top-rated life insurance products. A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half a million dollars of 10-year level term for less than 45 bucks a month. A 60-year-old under 120 bucks a month. Longer or permanent terms are available. Even if you already own life insurance, you really need to check out my friends at AccuQuote. Don't worry about health issues. Remember, they help me. As a pastor, I'm concerned about your soul and helping you to make sure your family is taken care of. Life insurance is more affordable now than ever, so don't make them wish you'd made that call. 877-437-4781. Call now, 877-437-4781. 877-437-4781. policy points and availability vary by state. Welcome back. This is the Living, the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Mom Show. This is Delaine England with Pamela co-host. Smith. Thank you, Pamela. So this is, there's two amendments on our ballot in Utah that are really super, super important. And one of them is D, the other one is G. And so we're going to probably spend the entire segment discussing D. And I am... I have read this over and over. I've talked to the sponsor. I've talked to many people. And I love that Pamela is actually, like her family owns water districts. So I'm really excited to hear Pamela. We're not a water district. Hey, We're a private water company. So a, a, private a water, water district company, yes. is definitely uh, controlled by elected or unelected officials, appointed officials. So, um, they're, so They're controlled by the municipality, right? Yes, and, and a district is not the same as a private water company. We are private, exactly. and this is, this is totally coming to me, stepping on the toes of private water companies. So Okay, so when I read it, I hear it. The current constitution prohibits the municipality from selling or disposing of water rights, source of water supply, like wells, springs, or streams, but that's the municipality, so that's cities and towns. And I suppose it could be counties as well. So it requires the municipality to retain the municipality's water rights and source of water for the residents. But then we have all these people that live outside of the municipality that basically have no water rights under the Constitution that way it is now. 
So my understanding is the reason that they're doing this is to give water rights from the municipality to those living outside of the municipality. But you have a different take. So I want to hear what you have to say. So, so when you have a, a water area that you are servicing, so, so there is a, you know, you, you're supposed to service that area and you're not supposed to overbuild because if you overbuild, it, it allows developers to come in and just rip. I, we wouldn't be in a drought you put year. At risk. You put everyone's yeah. life at risk if you overbuild. Absolutely. So, so here we have a lot of building going up in Morgan County. And, and a developer has way overbuilt, and they're desperate for water. So instead of saying, hey, to our water company, hey, could we buy some water from you? No, they want to steal and plunder the water. And so they are working to um, have the opportunity. They've come before the council to try and say, oh, well, they're, they're trying to sequester all these other different areas because, of course, they want the money, but they also want our water. So it's an ugly circle. And another thing, Delane, what they're trying to do also is to say, you have to service. So the state is now regulating how much water. We have a ton of water available, but the state is saying, nope, you can only get this much out of your huge well. This much out of this much, you know, a whole bunch more. Um, fraction. Even though the water is coming up out of the water, uh, out, of the, out of the ground at the capacity, we are limited by the state regulation. So that's a huge problem. Why does the state have the control to do that? But now um, this organization is trying to come in and say, you know what, we have the potential for 700 homes over here. And so we want to stranglehold you. And we, they're not even ready to develop it yet, but we got it approved. They got it approved before a, a four lot subdivision elsewhere and they say you can't give any of your water to them even though they could have it done in a fraction of the time we want to stranglehold you and you can do nothing they become a monopoly you can that is by i do not think that we should change our water laws right now there is bad I, they can't get worse or they can get worse and i i if there is a question i don't think we should change it because you are, it's saying, it resolves uncertainty about the ability of a municipality. That is called, is that not a government? Yeah. Or it's a municipality. It's a municipality. A private. City, town, or county. City, town, or county. You're giving control to a city, town, or county to supply water to water users outside of the boundaries. So um, you're giving the government what happens to the private sector. But that, I don't see anything in here about question. the private sector. That's why I'm trying to figure out like how how does this affect the private sector? Because it only lists that the municipalities, they're already giving water to homes outside of their municipality, but they want to put it in the constitution so they can't lose it. No. Why? If they're already doing it, why make this law? I see a bit very big red flag for me as a water company um, observer. It, uh, I see this as a very big problem. Why they had a huge bill on secondary water. We, there is thievery going around in all different forms in our state. And I do not, I would not be changing these amendments because you can, they're, they're creating loopholes in my opinion. 
And if it's already already doing it, if they're already doing it, why do we need a law? Because it's not going to serve us. And so I am a very strong no. Um, Maybe if I went to every in and out, but I have seen a lot of corruption happening in the last few years against our water company by the state, by municipalities. In fact, guess what they have bet the state um, DEQ, the Division of uh, Drinking Water, DDWD, they have set up a website um, on our water company to show the facts which their own people have asked the state people agency to correct. They have miscalculated. They did not do their math right. And they have asked them to correct, and they will not because they're in collusion with some of our local um, leaders that I I've, um, I don't know if I'm at liberty to disclose names, but this is what is happening, and they will not change their facts. And so as a water company, we've run this water company for 50 years privately, servicing lots of people. According to their own numbers, they we are not even able to service 12%. We, we must be the best-run water company in the world if our no, water numbers are so far down. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to take away our capacity because you have to prove your capacity with the state to continue using it. So these are regulations and red tape that is going to come back and bite water property owners, and I, I don't agree with it at all with all the passion in my and fiber of my being, because we are at, we are right now suffering in similar ways. What Ammon Bundy, I've heard him speak about what the um, when they came in and, and broke all their water pipes. We have had that very thing happening in Mountain Green, Utah. So I am absolutely against changing and amending our constitution because it will create loopholes that will damage private property water rights more than it will help, in my opinion. So as, okay. as well-meaning as these people are, I, right. I, I'm not, I, they have not sold me on it yet. Right. I have read this over and over, upside down in every way, trying to find a flaw or a place in it. But I haven't been able to find one, but I totally agree with you. The thing is, once you put it in the Constitution, it is so hard to ever change it. It will be very hard to change it back. So it seems that the reason that they're saying that they want to do this is because what we don't want to do is have people that have built their houses outside of the municipality. They're getting water now. They could be cut off from it in a nanosecond. Why? Well, the city could say, um, we don't have enough water to service you anymore, so we're not going to service outside the municipality. Or they might be having a fight with a person. They They could then... They could then ask to have the boundaries um, re-established to put them into that municipality. That should not be a problem, or they could drill their own well. But you, but you well, are punishing a whole group of you, you're punishing the water owner by by uh, protecting the one that might be outside that district. And I think that is a dangerous thing because you're changing. You're giving power, more power to a municipality than you are to the private property water yeah, owner. I, d- I don't really see any language in here that is about the private water owner and not yeah. everyone can drill. But I do right. think that any issues that this may arise, I think first it should be handled by a law. If they feel like there's a serious problem, they could put a law in to protect 
people. And that way, it's not in the Constitution, because once you get it in the Constitution, it's very, very hard to change it. So it does seem to me that based on what you're saying, I'm going to be doing a lot more research on it. I think there's a lot more to be um, investigated here. And I do believe that oftentimes in the language, that's why I've read it over 25 times, because often in the language is hidden little loopholes, little ways to take your liberties and take your water rights away from you. We're going to take another break and we will be right back and we will finish discussing this and a few other issues. Stay with us. 